Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Netflix and Swill, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I am Caleb. Oh, I can't th- I can't say anything that I wanted to say regarding 1899 because it would probably be a spoiler. Uh, and I am an angry Santa Claus. I'm going to hit you in the head with a sledgehammer. Yeah, just has a sledgehammer for some reason. Yeah. Uh, which is explained in the context of the movie. I just right. got back from taking my wife to see Violent Night. Uh, and it, my wife, 11 out of 10 would recommend. Uh, it's the film, the the family film for the holiday season. Well, good. I'm glad you had fun. I don't know. I, I don't want to give away too much uh, about it, but I do want to talk about it a little bit because it's... Uh, it's good. I do think everybody should see it and watch it forever. But like the the beginning of the movie is pretty great because David Harbour, Santa Claus, and he's just like sitting in a bar and he's like, what what's the point of even living anymore? Nobody cares about Christmas. And this is it's probably the last time I'm ever going to do it because just fuck everything. Right. So he's just like, you know. Drunk as shit. And uh, he's like, all right, whatever, I'm leaving. And like uh, goes, you know, exits through the door. And uh, the lady working at the bar is like, dude, that that door leads to the roof. You can't go up there. Um, So like, you know, he doesn't respond. So she goes after him uh, and like, it's like, oh, there's no one on the roof. And then she sees the. The sleigh and the reindeer flying away, and she's like, "Wow, Santa's real!" And then, you know, because he's drunk, uh, Santa leans over the side of the sleigh and throws up all over her. Uh, and I laughed and laughed. Wow, that's that's something. That's <laughs> that's something a movie did. Wow. I don't know. It's definitely uh, there's a lot of obviously like a lot of violence and a lot of fun and cool kills and stuff in it. But, um, a lot more slapstick, I guess, than, than what I was thinking about. It's like, it makes sense. You know, it's, it's on theme for probably what this movie should have been, but, uh, I don't know. I thought they would kind of play it more like straightforward action movie, but no, it was, uh, very comical. Well, interesting, because that is not how I assume that movie would would go. And uh, the reason that Santa Claus has a hammer is because before he was Santa Claus, uh, he was a Viking raider and killed people with a, a giant hammer called Skull Crusher. Uh, OK, sure. Yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. There's a part where he has to do it's it's basically die hard. Except instead of John McClane, it's an angry Santa. 
Like it's not at all dissimilar from Die Hard, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a part where like he has to stitch himself up, and he like uses some like the hook from a fucking uh, Christmas ornament to like suture himself. And then after he sutures himself, he puts a piece of wrapping paper on it and ties a ribbon around it and ties the ribbon into a bow. And I fucking lost it because that's fucking hysterical. That is funny. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to tell you all the great gags from the movie. I think you should just go see the movie. But those were, you know, some of the top hits. For me, anyway. There's a lot. There's a lot more. Huh. 87 North Productions. Yeah. Same as Bullet Train. Same as Bullet Train and Kate. That's true. Universal. If I if I had a nickel for every time I've seen the 87 North Productions uh like stinger today, I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Yeah. So that looks like that'll come to Peacock eventually. I'll wait for that. Because I've already given Hollywood enough money this year. I saw the Bruce Willis John Travolta movie of of the fall. And my God, do I never need to see another movie or pay for another movie ever again. I don't even think I know what that is. Uh, oh, what the? Oh, it's called Paradise City. Uh, it's atrocious. It's so bad. <laughs> It's so bad. Uh, Pirate it if you can. Uh, I recommend you pirate it and definitely don't pay money for it like I did. It was $6.99. This shirt cost $4.99. I have nothing else to add. This this has been my contribution towards uh, the opening segment. All right. Uh, Well, now that the segment has been opened, let's move on to another segment uh, in which we discuss the swill that we have. It's called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. Uh, and Dan, I'll kick it over to you. What are you, what are you swilling on there, friendo? Water. What do you have? I have the truly seltzer holiday uh, oh, no. pack, holiday variety pack. And the one that I'm having right now is called Berry Bramble style with other natural flavors. That's six uh, and a half brambles. Yeah. It tastes like somebody having a hushed conversation about blackberries. <laughs> please, please tell me you came with that, that on your own and it's not on the can. Uh, yeah, I just, that's the thing that I said with my mouth. Okay. I just wanted to know if it was on the, if it's on the can, <laughs> fine. The different ones that are in the variety pack, there's, there's like the berry one. There's, um, uh, a crayon orange. There's like a cinnamon pear. And then there's, uh, the one that I have on deck, which is holiday sangria. Ooh. Which, uh, Sounds for my festive. money is probably the best one. Yeah, uh, sounds festive. I must have. But yeah, I thought I'd ring in the holiday season proper with uh, festive beverages. Well, okay then. Cool. 
uh, as per usual, you're Truly's number one fan. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's uh, it's all right. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, and with you enjoying that, let's move into another segment. It's called The News. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Uh, and our first news story is that The Midnight Club has been canceled after one season. A potentially related story is that Mike Flanagan and writing partner Trevor Macy have signed exclusive series production deals with Amazon Studios. Oh no. Anyway. Uh, I'm a little sad about this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The uh, Midnight Club was fine. Yes. I thought that it was fine. I mean, I'm not sad about that cancellation. That cancellation, I saw a mile away. But uh, Mike Flanagan apparently said that he would release uh, exactly what was going to happen for season two. And he did on a Tumblr post. And they tweeted the, the Tumblr post because that's how social media works anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read it. I, I, I would have been good never knowing anything about season two because it. it, it it doesn't it didn't seem like it was it so uh cool he did that uh the more potentially important news is that he's going to amazon after uh the fall of the house of usher series premieres on netflix that's his last project for netflix and then he'll be going away forever or you know at least till his production deal runs up yeah he'll be on his way back to his home planet all right, and uh, the final news story is that Wednesday had the largest debut of any English language series in Netflix's history. Yeah, um, actually, you know, not a bad, not a bad little show. Still haven't seen it. Need to get on it. Have to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean first, though. Stone Ocean. Is it Stone Ocean this week? It is this. It is this week because Pinocchio's next week. What is our schedule? I actually might be able to squeeze in Wednesday if it's, if it's Pinocchio. It's Pinocchio. I'm <laughs> sorry, friend. I, I got your hopes up for no reason. Uh, so, yeah, I probably can't squeeze in Wednesday. So uh, this did better than season four of Stranger Things in their first in its first week. This did better than everything else except for Squid Game. At Squid Game's peak. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Squid Game's peak was like 500 million hours or maybe even close to 600 million. This was 341 million hours, which is a lot of hours. It's still a lot of hours. A billion uh, schmillion fulfillion hours. So, uh, yeah, potentially massive show alert, uh, which is cool, I guess. Uh, a lot of people then took to Twitter to be like, well, the only reason it was even this big was because it got released uh, n- uh, on Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving, to which everyone said, well, I said, uh, no fucking shit. Like, people were like, ah, Netflix discovered the strategy of putting out content on holidays. And it's like, yep, they did. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why people, you're making such a big deal out of it. People watch movies on holidays. Yeah. Got to do something with your new LG smart TV. That's uh, you. 
<laughs> Christ. Uh, you have to support the LGTV community. Oh, I'm that. sorry. I'm better than this. Eh, no, you're not. Uh, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a solid enough joke. My, my family texts and be like, hey, we need to talk to you. And it's like, I don't care. Uh... So yeah, uh, like yeah, they released content on the holidays. Uh, we're gonna talk about a trailer for something coming up on Christmas Day. Netflix does this now. Fucking, I talked about it when Stranger Things Part One, uh, Season Four, Parts One and Two released. One was on Memorial Day weekend. One was on July Fourth weekend. They release on holiday weekends now. I think Cobra Kai even released on uh, Labor Day. Yeah, that's true. I. I could be wrong, but something some they released something largish around Labor Day. So this isn't new. Everybody, you can you can all calm down now. You didn't come up with some novel concept. You're not you're not that smart. Uh, and with that, we'll move into downstream and talk about some fucking shit on the way. And boy, is it some shit. The Mad Men uh, actually did it. They. They spent so much time thinking about whether or not they could. They never stopped to think that if they should. Uh, we got the official teaser for that 90s show. Uh, welcome back to your favorite basement. Same Foreman's new friends. It's 1995 and Leah Foreman, daughter of Eric and Donna, is visiting her grandparents for the summer where she bonds with a new ge- generation of Point Place kids under the watchful eye of Kitty and the stern glare of Red. Coming soon to Netflix. Dope. I don't know if I've ever seen a trailer that looked and sounded less like the 90s. The only thing that suggests 90s is that everybody's wearing uh, flannel shirts. Her name's Leia. I didn't know that until right this fucking second. I didn't realize it until right now, and I want to fucking die. God Damn it. Now I'm even more angry. So Red Red at one point says the thing. He says he's going to put someone his, his foot in someone's ass because that's, that's his character. It's all he says is that. Uh, I don't know. I like that 70s show. Like it's a, it's a decent enough like background TV show that you can watch. I was never clamoring for a sequel series or a follow-up or... Where's Eric and Donna now? I I don't, yeah, I don't care. I don't think I want this. I don't know. I've never really cared for that decade show. Remember that 80s show? When they did immediately yeah. after that 90 or that 70s show? I vaguely remember its existence, yes. Uh, only connection was it was that decade show and uh proceed, proceeded to uh bomb out of existence. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, um, they, uh, I don't know. They did this so that they could have red and kitty on the show. Like, it looks like it's just a show about them and some children are in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like the the kid, that's the thing is this teaser is all about Red and Kitty making their their jokes and like being the and now instead of the the kooky uh, parents, they're now the kooky grandparents. And that's supposed to be the funny part of the show. 
versus yeah. them being the kooky parents. But also you had the kooky next door neighbors, the kids having their own dynamic, uh, all the other weird ass adults, including Leo, the 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 pot smoking record store owner played by either Cheech Marin or Tommy Chong. Can't remember which one right now. I think it was Tommy Chong. It seems so, like it would be Tommy Chong. Yeah. So. What does this uh, like? I know this is a teaser. Technically, this is not the trailer, but like, what does this show offer other than Kitty and Red? Because so far, the kids look like nothing. I don't know. I uh, I have no connection to the '70s show Expanded Universe, and I don't want this. Well, okay then, you did it. Uh, although, like. Seeing this trailer posted on Reddit uh, was the thing that finally, after all these years, made me finally get the joke that Fez, like they, his name was not Fez. They called him that because it was short for foreign exchange student. That is correct. And I just never, never put it together. Well, I think the, uh, the uh, surge of subtitle usage has really aided in that in understanding that joke, because I'm sure a lot of people just assumed it was F E Z, you know, like the fucking yeah, hat. like the hat. And and now I'm sure with whenever he speaks on uh, on that 70s show, it has Fez as is as in F E S. Yeah, in all caps. Yeah. Actually, what is. How is he credited in uh, that 70s show? Also, I think he's dating like an 18 year old currently. So, you know, great. No, it's it's F.E.Z. Huh. <laughs> well, there goes that theory. Uh, fuck you. Holy fuck. He's been on 138 episodes of N.C.I.S. Holy fuck. That means there's been like 500 episodes of N.C.I.S. There's been 446 episodes of NCIS. What the fuck, bro? Mark Harmon isn't even on the show anymore. Just get rid of it. Throw it out. The show is no longer relevant. To old people, it's relevant. The olds love it. Old people are irrelevant. Uh, speaking of irrelevant, uh, the next trailer is a thing called A Storm for Christmas. Uh, which seems like the worst present you could get. Uh, the day before Christmas, many flights are canceled in Oslo Airport due to a massive snowstorm. Many Oslo, people are yeah. yeah, many people are stuck, and all of them have a story. This year, the stories all come together. A storm of Christmas is a storm for Christmas is warm and heartfelt story that comes to Netflix December sixteenth, twenty twenty two. Uh, I started veering towards uh, a person from Michigan there. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> Destinies collide when extreme weather traps travelers and workers at an airport, forcing them to spend the final hours leading up to Christmas together. The one thing that they introduce in the trailer and then just leave hanging is that like one of the people who is stuck there is a uh, a young boy who's on his way to New York to have an operation the next day. Sure is. <laughs> so, uh, Merry Christmas. We got you a dead kid. <laughs> it's 
no, you, you come on. You know what's going to happen. They're going to have the fucking surgery in the airport. With oh, a bunch of God. Just crowding yeah, around. They're going to run into the the doctor who was on the way there to perform the surgery and the person who was transporting the organ. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> oh, we deserve this. I need this now. My, <laughs> my only hope for this is that it's like the Langoliers and they're trapped there by like uh, Krampus or like the some some ghosts of like relevant Christmas times. They just and then everyone needs to die except for the kid because Krampus is like, well, you're already getting coal for Christmas as it is because you're dead anyway. So who gives a shit? Yeah, David Harbour will come and give you your coal right up the ass, which is something they say in that movie. Oh, good. I want to watch it again. I want to make this a show about Violent Night because it's it's the most delightful thing I think I've seen in a very long time. Remember when you were going to do a podcast with Bill that was nothing but reviewing Jack and Jill, the movie, for a year? Yeah, working title was uh, Caleb and Bill and Jack and Jill. Never happened. And it wasn't for a year. We were going to do it once a year, every year, uh, presumably oh. for the rest of our lives. Well, that's actually better. That's that's even better. Uh, specifically on the uh, anniversary of the release date of the movie. Yes. My wife works at Duncan, and I like to torture her with the Dunkachino <laughs> no. video. No, she fucking doesn't. <laughs> she 100% does. No, Vanessa. Dunka, 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 dunkachino. Dunka, <laughs> I would, I would make that your wife's alarm immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, your joke killed me. I have to start getting up before her in the morning and uh, bombarding her with that. Right as she's right as she's about to wake up, you just start blasting Dunkachino, the Dunkachino <laughs> commercial. Just get a TV in the bedroom and just have the Dunkachino commercial on repeat. The fucking you Dunkachino want- channel. Whatever channel that has the YouTube video of the the Dunkachino commercial will be like, why am I getting so many views from this one fucking house in New York? You want creamy goodness? I'm your friend. Say hello to my chocolate blend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is the best Christmas gift I've ever heard of. Uh, fuck. You know, technically, since I'm uh, between jobs at the moment, our household does, in fact, run on Duncan. And that makes it all the better that you will just roast your wife incessantly until it's over. (laughs) I love my wife. I love Duncan like I love my wife. I'm a good man. <laughs> uh, our next trailer <laughs> that we uh, presumably want to talk about very badly is uh, for the Witcher Blood Orgy.
Yeah. 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 It's going to leave that hang there. Yeah, that's fine. The Witcher Blood Origin takes place in the Elven Golden Era, uh, 1200 years before the time of Geralt, Yennefer, and Ciri. Uh, the Witcher colon Blood Origin tells the story of seven strangers who join together and fight an unstoppable empire. Uh, so it's a Witcher show that doesn't have Witchers in it. Uh, how could it go wrong? Though they hail from warring clans, Aili and Fijal uh, must learn to trust each other if they have any hope of leading this band of outcasts <laughs> on their quest to topple the continent's oppressors. But when gateways to other worlds are opened and a power-hungry sage unleashes a new weapon, the seven <laughs> realize they must create a monster in order to defeat one ellipsis. Nobody wants to see Marshall no more. They want Shady. I'm Chalk Flipper. Well, I'm back. Yeah, the best part of the trailer is where uh, Yaskier steps through the portal and starts uh, singing Rap God. Oh my god, that'd be great. Now I'm morphing to an immortal coming through the portal. Uh, yeah, Yaskier's there. So in theory, this is going to be... Uh, I, I'm guessing that whole sequence at the end is the narrative device well yeah like the the framing device is yeah. like him telling the story of the history of this world or him hearing the story of the history of the world uh or him watching the film history of the world part one yeah any of those things so yeah Crim crimbus day this 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 premieres they want this to be the big thing for crimbus day it's four parts yep 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 why does this look so bad? Uh, I don't know. It it looks so like the the costumes are fine. The effects are horrendous. The effects look like they were made like by a five year old in Premiere Pro. Yeah. Like what the fuck's going on? The show would have looked better if it was uh, animated. Like the fucking was it the something the wolf uh, Nightmare of the Wolf or something like that. Yeah. But so like, yes, that that is true. It would look better if it was animated. But uh, if you look at it, Nightmare of the Wolf barely registered on anybody's radar whatsoever. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, for most content, for people to watch it, it must be a live action. Yeah, so even true. if the live action is looks like dog shit, people will still watch it because it's live action. Yeah. Because uh, most uh, audience members' brains don't have wrinkles. Yeah, too smooth. Uh, I liked I liked the part where uh, Henry Cavill said it's Witcher in time. <laughs> as as we discussed in the pre-roll, like the best thing about this trailer is the comments uh, because like. Everybody on YouTube is a shit poster and doesn't take this seriously. So, uh -huh. like, the best comment that I think either of us have ever read is, uh, absolutely adored the part where Geralt flew his FA 18 into the core of the mothership with a jammed missile and saved the Earth. Stunning and brave, truly. Because it's, uh, Independence Day. It's, in, it's an Independence Day reference. It's, yeah, the, the comment section is way more entertaining than the trailer is 
Yeah. Like by by far. Yeah. The real story is in the comments. So yeah, uh, just go read the comments. It's uh, like everyone deciding to just shit post this trailer was hysterical. Uh, it's the most creative way of saying, uh, "Hi, we think that uh, your creative decisions behind the Witcher show are shit." So we're just gonna meme you to death. Yeah, I like the part where the Witcher said, "You can't beat me. I'm a man of steel." <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I love it. So uh, we're going to watch it, but I'm hoping the effects are better. I doubt it. Like, it's, it seems like they're just done. Like, there's no way they're going to spend more money to fix the effects, but they just don't look very good. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to find the one comment that I thought was really funny. Oh, yeah. Where was that? That was that was the best. That was the fucking greatest comment I've ever heard. Tis a Witcher show with no Witcher in it. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, this- that was that was what the comment was. It's uh, it was this looks good. Now they should do one in set in the Witcher universe. Yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I it, it just feels like the way. Well, we'll see, but it feels like the Witcher universe is imploding upon itself. And this might be the uh, what's the what's the thing that leads the 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 wick that leads to the explosives. Uh, you mean a fuse? That's it. I don't I, I can't word today. <laughs> I don't podcast good. Let it die. Let it die. Let it shrivel up and die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, be very interested to see how the viewership does on this and uh, subsequently season three do people care enough because the last two Witcher series hit 400 million hours and uh, boy if this and uh, the Witcher season three don't hit something comparable yikes yeah I'll always have season one. That's true. I'll always have episode one, the best episode of the series. I don't know. I like the one where Geralt said, I can't fucking sleep because that was relatable. I like the one where he uh, looks at a monster and says, it's Witcher in time. (laughs) I like the one where he takes off the infinity gauntlet and says, perhaps I judged you too harshly. These, uh, I just, uh, per- perfect shit posting. Just top <laughs> internet. Or the one where, uh, he planes walks into the Witcher universe and says the real magic was the gathering. I, li- I like the one where he, uh, where Geralt is, uh, goes to a, goes to a, a sleepy lakeside town wakes up a, a week later and discovers that the pages of his manuscript have been spread around in the town. And also uh, all of his creations are coming to life. <clears throat> yeah. And he has to like shine flashlights on them to kill them mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And then shoot them with guns, shine them with the flashlights and then shoot with guns. Yeah. And then he has to convince the, the council to um, give him, Spartan training so that he can defeat the Reapers. Spectre. That's what I was looking for. 
That's what they were called in Mass Effect. That is what they were called in Mass Effect. Spectres. I like the one where he uh, he gets the the key to the library on the ring of Halo and uses the key to fucking blow up the planet. That part was pretty cool. I really liked the one, though, where his uh, like there's an outbreak of like a mushroom that turns people into zombies or something. Uh, and his daughter gets shot and he has to be a surrogate father to a person who is like bitten by a zombie, but doesn't become a zombie for some reason. And <laughs> hey, why is that weird thing? And then they learn and grow. They truly were the last of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get us the fuck out of here. Let's talk about the last trailer. We've been on this for a million years. Uh, just audio shit posting. The uh, final trailer this week is for season two of Alice in Borderland, and uh, we're both here for it. Uh, if we clear all the games, can we return to the real world? Uh, this mega hit survival drama starring Kento Yamazaki and Tao Tsushia, uh, directed by more names, uh, has been widely anticipated across the globe. Shinsuke Sato. That one's not too hard. Uh, this is a long-awaited continuation of the series that reached top 10 in at least 70 countries worldwide. Uh, yes. The games are deadlier, this world more wild and cruel, but will Arso ever make it back to the real world, and will it be worth everything he's lost? Uh, I like this series a lot because it's, it's a mix of Squid Game and also... It's kind of like the game The World Ends With You, if you've ever played it. It's on the Nintendo DS, and it's good. Actually, it takes place in the same same location, because I forgot Alice in Borderland takes place in Shibuya. Yeah. Yes, it does. So yeah, whoever, you know, the showrunners for this played... Uh, Square Enix's smash hit The World Ends With You and we're like this but TV that's probably true so yeah uh, I'm excited for it I was really looking forward to checking this out uh, waiting patiently for it to come back out because uh, you know foreign language shows blew up with with, uh, Squid Game they should have blown up with this show because this show I think is much better. It has that anime feel without feeling like, you know, it's trying to, too hard to be goofy. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people slept on this. Um, I don't know. Obviously, like it's it's a big hit, but like. Because if I remember correctly, like a Squid Game came out pretty hot on the heels of this. I feel like uh, Squid Game sucked a lot of the wind out of the sales of this show. That might be true. Alice in Borderland. Uh, Alice in Borderland premiered December 10th, 2020. So, no. When was Squid Game? Squid Game was September 2021. Hmm. Okay. Well, shit. Time is a flat circle. Uh, I'm ready for this. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, that's the big thing is I'm excited for this. I want to watch this thing. 
it yeah. seems like it will be good uh, with the stakes raised. It was already it was already a very good show to begin with. And now we're going to get into even crazier shit. And the show could end after two seasons. And I'd be happy. But uh, knowing how uh, anime like shows go, you think the final threat is here. And then it turns out the final threat has a final threat. Yeah, this isn't even my final form now. My favorite part of this trailer is when Geralt got the keyblade and said Kingdom Hearts is light. (laughs) And then played with his dad. (laughs) Oh, fuck. All right, that'll move us into quick hits. We're going to talk about some stuff that we watched this week that isn't uh, any of our other stuff that we watched this week. And boy, have have we got a show for you. It's, I, I bring you nothing. I have nothing for you. I started oh, watching have... 1899 earlier this week, uh, then proceeded to watch nothing. You son of a bitch. I started with three episodes of fucking 1899 and then took like four days off and then watched the rest of 1899. I I didn't finish 1899 because you know how I do. I, I'll do like a sampling of a show and then, you know, uh, do other things, too. So um, I like I like it. You know, we'll get into it in our review, but um, I don't know. I just wanted to watch more things. Uh, mm-hmm. So I did. I started rewatching Murderville because you told me that they're doing a Christmas episode. That is correct. Uh, so yeah, I like it. Murderville holds up. I don't think it'll come back for a second season. Uh, the Christmas thing will be the end of it probably, but, uh, it's good. It's a good show. Well, good. Marshawn Lynch still has the funniest episode. I wanted to watch something uh, fucking weird and crazy. Uh, so I keep seeing this, this anime advertised, uh, and I'm like, no way is this a real thing. Like let's, let's see what this is all about. Uh, it's called backstreet girls, Goku dolls. What? Uh, so it's a show about three Yakuza members who I guess fuck up. And like, they're like, Oh, our, our boss is going to kill us or like, cut off her fingers or whatever Yakuza people do. But instead of that, the boss is like, I have an idea that's going to make us lots and lots of money. And if you don't do it, I'm going to kill you. Uh, So what you're going to do is go to Thailand and have uh, gender reassignment surgery and go through a year of intense training and become uh, pop idols so it's these three hardened Yakuza killers who uh, become dancing, singing, idol, uh, cute girls. And it's the weirdest fucking thing I think I've ever seen. Um, the The fact that this show exists is pretty problematic in its own right. But also like, what a fucking weird thing to exist. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? 
indeed. What a what? Uh, okay. What a time to be alive. What? Okay. Uh, how is it? I mean, it's fine. I don't know. It's obviously like they're they're attempting comedy, but like. I I'm worried about where it's going to go because like I'm like, oh, no, they're going to get into like, you know, because like I don't think any of them identify as female. So like. It's going to be like body dysphoria, the show, because they're all like, I want to get back to being a Yakuza. But uh, the episode I just watched was like, you know, we should try to pamper ourselves so we can feel more girly and cute and like, you know, be the persona of like what we're supposed to do to make money for the boss and the crime syndicate that sponsors us. Uh, Which like led to them all like, I don't know if this is a thing that girls actually do, but the show insists that it is where like they all start to like feel each other's boobs do girls like touch each other's boobs sometimes as like just a thing? Like, I don't know. I think I was at a party one time and they were doing that. Like, like people were, they were, they were drunk and the girls were like, Oh my God, you have amazing boobs. And like grabbed the girl's boobs over her clothes and the girl did it back. And then like, there was a little bit of that, but it wasn't like, you know, Oh, okay. So if girls do that, they're just, you know, uh, you know, fun and drunk. But then if I do that, I'm uh, a creep. And yes, that is how that works. (laughs) That's true. I'm. I have Uh, no desire to touch anybody's boobs, but mine and my wives. uh, That's true. Uh, So my, my, my question is this. Are they male voices or are they female voices? Uh, so they'll do like inner monologue in male voice and it'll show like, um, you know, a semi-transparent, like, you know, what they used to look like. But then like when they talk to other people, it's like super cutesy girls cause they're, they're pop idols. Right. It's a mm. fucking weird show. It's really weird. What about when they're just with each other? Like, is there uh, a- yeah, they speak in a lower register. <laughs> I'd like to report a burglary. I'd like to report the loss of my penis. <laughs> Oof. That's fine. Uh, yes. And then the last thing that I watched was Troll. Ah, uh, I, w- I had this on my list. I'm ready to watch it. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty cool. Pretty cool kaiju creature feature based on uh nordic mythology that's what i keep hearing yeah it's uh it's it's honestly not too bad i don't know they they do leave it open for a sequel of course um so you know maybe troll shows up in godzilla versus the ape man or whatever the fuck oh i mean for that you would need uh legendary pictures to say yes this is fine and they are now with universal i believe so i don't know licensing deals who the fuck knows anymore 
Legendary Pictures should create a sub company called Mythical Pictures where they just uh, release their movies in a limited fashion through special events that you can download on your uh, Nintendo 3DS. This is a Pokemon joke. This is a joke for Pokemon collectors. Uh, they should they should sell four movies for a thousand dollars. Christ. Uh, fucking fucking good reference there. All right. Uh, we're going to cut into a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, only a few episodes of 1899 because yeah. it's all Caleb watched. I, I have a well, we can talk about the whole thing because I have thoughts about the show overall. But okay, uh, yes. I have a transition for this. And it's okay, that go. we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to party like it's 1899. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our wonderful patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, the Mike Rula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy Delarosa, Chris Yaney, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Jason the Nerdrovert, Sam the Hurlahe Boy Hurley, Nick Haskins, David Powell, and my mom. If you'd like to join that illustrious list of patrons, visit patreon.com slash Netflix and swill. Or if you'd like to support us without spending any money, you can share our podcast on social media, tell a friend or review the podcast on any podcatcher. It'd be greatly appreciated. Now back to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week. The 45-minute adventure of me trying to help my dad with an HDMI switch. Yeah, I got to wait around for that to resolve its uh, Does it resolve? long, sorted history. Path priority. I hate you. <laughs> uh, no, our, our actual main review topic is uh, equally as confusing. It is the new Netflix original series, 1899. Yeah. 1899 is a brand new drama mystery series. Uh, Multinational immigrants traveling from the old continent to the new encounter a nightmarish riddle aboard a second ship adrift on the open sea. Who the fuck says that? Yeah. Oh, we're leaving the old continent, going to the new one. What the fuck? Okay. I think think you'll find that uh, all continents broke off from Pangaea at the same time. Or close enough to the same time. Who cares? Yeah, I don't know. This is a a show about triangles and the weird things that happens uh, near them. Yes, to a degree. Um, this is seven point six out of ten on IMDb. Uh, how did you like it, Dan? I was really into it, like for the first six episodes. And then, you know, as mysteries start to wrap up and we figure out what's actually going on, uh, unfortunately, this doesn't hold as strongly as Dark did, where Dark continues its mystery and keeps it relatively interesting and fresh for at least two seasons, because that's what all I've seen is two seasons, even though it's three. Yeah. Uh, this kind of just like tapers off and it's like, uh, like there, there's a specific moment where they reveal what's going on and then it kind of nullifies anything that had happened and anything that would happen to a certain set of characters. Huh? 
like I said, I, I haven't watched uh, all of it yet. You know, I just watched the first few episodes just to kind of get a feel for it. Uh, and, you know, like I said, wanted to wanted to see other stuff, too. Sure. But I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. It's a neat concept. Um, a potentially stolen ghost, concept. Ghost ship lost at sea is a creepy thing. That's, you know, the thing that made Resident Evil Revelations one of my favorite uh, games whenever it came out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of get the sense from it that like. It's going to just kind of slide into being mysterious for the sake of being mysterious and that like this probably would have been better as like. A three hour movie instead of eight hour long episodes, like I feel like this is already at the point where I'm at getting to where it's like just padded. Like the runtime seems artificial so that we can like end each episode on a mysterious stinger. And I don't well, like that. Yeah, that's definitely like thanks Walking Dead. Yeah. But like, yeah, to a degree, like I, I agree that it is it is padded. But I will tell you this. There's going to be three seasons of this because three, three sides to a triangle. You know, that kind yeah. of shit. And I mean, there there's ultimately stuff that we don't even have like answers for by the end of the season like what's really going on because i i still have no fucking idea what's actually even happening in the show like i i have a general gist of what's happening like the events that are happening but like i couldn't tell you the overall arc of the show and they that's something this creative team does is like the first season of arc was or dark uh was the first season of dark was very much like yeah the shit that's happening in this show is wild, but like it feeds into a grander narrative and you have no idea what that grander narrative is. And then it sets up the grander narrative during the second season. And then it resolves the grander narrative uh, as well as the smaller narratives for the third season. Ooh. So I expect this to take a very similar trajectory. Is that your sangria? Yeah. I just opened the, the holiday sangria seltzer uh, and it's, I wish I could buy a 12 pack of just this instead of the variety pack. Uh, Cause yeah, it's, well, now, it's now quite I gotta good. get this. Uh, has notes of orange peel and clove and cinnamon and Ooh. tastes like the holidays. That's very Christmassy. Yeah. Tastes like Crimbus. So yeah. Um, I, I feel like these guys have a formula and that's fine. You're allowed to have a formula. Formulas work for most people, but, uh, I just need the 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 whole thing to be more engaging because whenever you remove stakes, uh, that's when I start to not give a shit. The other thing that I thought was weird about this show is like, I don't know the the main character starts to realize like, oh this this weird triangle symbol is somewhere. And then, mm -hmm. like, I saw this on the letter that I got. But then, like, they just walk around the ship and that symbol's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, that symbol's Literally just, everywhere. like, in the carpet and, like, certain walls just have it. And it's the, like this... The, do the, the doors, like, the, the doors to the rooms, uh, the numbers on the door have, have that exact triangle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, 
It's 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 literally everywhere. In fact, uh, the one uh, the the female French character uh, Clemens, I think, is her name. She has that exact symbol as her earrings. Yes, that's true. That's also the other place that I noticed it. So like it's everywhere. So how like I feel like you should be able to pull the pieces together after seeing all that shit all the time and not just be like, I've never seen this symbol before. Where could it have come from? Yeah. More of that strange oil. It's probably nothing. Uh, I don't know what that reference is. Uh, that is the flavor text for a Magic the Gathering card called Steady Progress, uh, which has the proliferate mechanic. That's Phyrexian. I figured it was a Phyrexian thing, but I, was, I wasn't sure. So, yeah, um, I don't want to get too much into it. The characters are all fine. Uh, I, I, I felt like, and Ashley brought this up, she's like, I feel like we're getting in the lost territory. We're, we're spending, like, swaths of episodes talking about like the backstory of each character and i was like yeah that's interesting like i'm I, i'm interested in that and seeing like why are they all here you know what made them all want to get on this ship uh which is you know of course extremely lost but yeah um eventually that that stops happening and that's fine because they want to you know establish the here and now and also the grand the grander story but what I guess when that stops happening, like whenever they stop like giving like character backstory is when the show stops being as interesting as it was. Yeah, I don't know. I um I had a hard time engaging with this show um, just because like by the eighth or ninth time I said how mysterious uh, I kind of quit caring that it was mysterious and just like, yep. I don't know, like, like I said, mystery for the sake of mystery isn't that engaging to me like you have to answer some things and then like peel back another layer how far uh, you, you said a few so i'm assuming three episodes yeah that's that's like my typical uh yeah you know just a taste test and then you know yeah, well so that's exactly how many episodes we watched the first night like the first night we got th- through three and Ashley was like, they better start answering some fucking questions here soon because I'm going to start getting upset. And I will say uh, that that Onion episode you are talking about happens as an episode five. OK, because episode five might be the craziest episode I think I've seen of television in quite a while. Well, at least it's not just me. But yeah, no, believe me, I, I understand it, it was it, it is slow and it almost feels too slow. To where, like, I don't know what they were trying to set up in the first three episodes, but, you know, it feels like the first three episodes could have been probably an episode and a half. Maybe. Yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of this could have been an email. Don't you disparage emails like this? <laughs> so... Yeah, I don't want to get too too into it. Uh, I I do think the mystery overall is interesting uh, while it lasts, and then when it stops lasting, I'm just like, eh. maybe they can recapture my interest with season two, but or like a, like you know the season two trailer. But as of now, I look at it, I'm just like, ah, eh, this is vastly inferior to dark. Yeah. So uh, if you decide to give up on this show, just go watch Dark. It's all in German. You can uh, Sprechen Sie Deutsch, baby. 
and get some practice in. Yeah. But uh, rating wise, I'm going like a two and a half. I was I was oh, very man. disappointed by this season. Huh. And like if if it had stopped at like episode six, I probably would have been like, yeah, three and a half. That's how, that's how much I really dislike episode seven and eight. That's interesting because episode eight is the highest rated. I don't agree with that. I think episode five should be the highest rated, but it's whatever. Well, I don't know. Five and eight are both. They both have the same rating on IMDb. Good job. Half the Internet. The other half of the Internet wrong. Yeah, the episode eight is kind of a slog and uh, confusing. And I have no like there. There are parts of that episode where I have no idea what's fucking happening. And I've been watching the whole thing intently. Well, all right. Uh, well, that's eighteen ninety nine. So. Presumably soon we'll get a sequel series called nineteen hundred. It's possible. Might just be 1899 season two. But of course, Netflix doesn't know what they're doing half the time because they made a, a fucking sequel series to the He-Man show or the, the Masters of the Universe show. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Instead of calling it Revelations, they call it Revolution or something like that. And then made it a different thing. Yeah, made it under a different, it under like a you block. had to, yeah. Fucking stupid. Boy, fuck you, Kevin Smith. You hack who used to be good at things for three movies I don't know I don't know if that was Kevin Smith's fault I feel like that's Netflix's fault entirely yeah I don't know Kevin Smith has plenty of good movies yeah yeah. one of them you can never see I have a DVD copy of Dogma floating around somewhere but yeah fuck the Weinstein company in particular Uh, Let's get into the second thing Uh, and the newest picture in the Sony deal with Netflix. It is Brad Pitt's Bullet Train. Bullet Train is an R-rated feature film rated 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Was that the same rating as I think that's the same rating as the as 1899. Uh, 1899 was 7.6. I thought maybe I don't know. I'm not going to go back and check it at this point. Uh, it's an action comedy thriller. Five assassins aboard a swiftly moving bullet train find out that their missions have something in common. Uh, this is directed by David Leitch and stars Brad Pitt, Joey King, Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, Andrew Koji, Hiroyuki Sonata. Uh, Michael Shannon, Sandra Bullock has a bit part. Uh, Masioka from Heroes is the yep. conductor of the train. Zazie sure Beats is here, who I am in love with. All there for all of two minutes. Yeah, it was nice to see her. Uh, yeah, because I'm in love with her. Sure. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Cool movie. Is it's it's a fun romp. Uh, I no, I don't agree. I I this was a slog to get through. <sighs> Disappoint. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm here for it. I like this kind of thing. It's 
it's stupid and flashy and frenetic and uh there's no substance it's all it's just easy to tune in turn on and drop out i mean yeah sure um my my big problem with the movie is it's kind of it's kind of trying to be like this blend of Guy Ritchie and Deadpool, which of course this is one of the, mm. the director of Deadpool two. This does have but, some Deadpool DNA in it, and it's just uh, that formula started strong, but then ran out of real estate very quickly for me, and it feels like it's just the remnants of that that and i just i'm just not here for that formula anymore just like i chuckled twice uh and i maybe laughed one time and it was a physical comedy bit and like not the writing so like yeah i i just i just did not like this movie and it's a shame Hmm. because i saw trailers for it and like brad pitt being funny i remember oceans 11 He's great in Ocean's Eleven. I love him in Ocean's Eleven. Give me this. It's a shame that you're such a joyless twat. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was so nonplussed watching this movie. Just, yeah, I basically sat on my hands the whole time. I don't know. I liked how like a character would show up and get, you know, in particular one character shows up. And like you think they're going to be real important. They do like a whole backstory scene for them. Uh, and then it cuts back to what's actually happening. And then they get killed unceremoniously. And I'm like, ah, yeah. it's, it's a funny joke. Yeah, they have the character interstitial thing, which is very like zombie land slash borderlands, except stylized in their own different way. Yes. Yeah. You know, this is set in Japan. Like Brad Pitt's mission on the bullet train is like, pick up the briefcase and then get off the train. He's like, Oh, okay. Uh, easy. I'll be, I'll be in and out. Uh, mm-hmm. and then he's there for two hours and seven minutes of a film. In and out 20 minute adventure. <laughs> and then he gets off the train. And he's just crying. He's like, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> but there's like a, a mascot that like is for some reason on the train. Uh, and the mascot tries to grab the briefcase and he just like punches it in the face. That's eh, funny. Yeah, it was funny. And then the whole time I was like, oh, the the mascot's going to end up being an assassin, too. And then it is. For two minutes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, the kids like he's so Brad Pitt's like the main character and it's like his interactions with everybody else. But then there's also the secondary main characters of Aaron Taylor Johnson. And I hope I'm not being racist because I don't remember who he is, who he is exactly. But I'm pretty sure it's Brian Tyree Henry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. OK, good. I'm not racist. I, I know who Brian Tyree Henry yeah, is. Their uh, names are so, Tangerine and Lemon. Like the fruit. They're the secondary main characters, and the, the, it's their back and forth. And that's where the guy richiness comes in. Because, mm-hmm. like, this feels like uh, Snatch, for example. Like, Jason Statham and whoever Jason Statham was mainly working with throughout that entire movie. Like, that's how their back and forth feels. 
I've never seen the movie, so I might be way off base here, but it seems like there's also a bit of like kill Billness in this where it's like, oh, and then the evil guy rose up through the mob and killed everyone. And now we're out to exact our revenge on him through this long convoluted chain of events. That kind of storytelling. Yes. So I see what you're saying. But yeah, all these elements I like. I like Deadpool. I like Snatch. I like Kill Bill. I don't like this movie. I don't. I, I, I can't put my finger on why I don't like this movie. It's just like it's I don't find it funny. The action's kind of whatever and it's over very quickly. Like it, it would ra- it wants to get through the action to tell you a joke. See, this is where I wish that we had more like crossovers with other podcasts that are in our wheelhouse, because like I feel like if we did like a crossover with the guys from the countdown and we're talking about this whenever you said I like snatch, Wayne would have started laughing hysterically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because, you know, it's a word for vagina. It's a funny joke. It means vagina. It's funny how in your whispering eye. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, I don't want to show in the movie too much. Like, there's definitely style here. Like, it's definitely like like this is a taste movie. Like, if if this is your shit, this is your shit, and that's great. Yeah, and this is my shit, and this shit is delicious. That's my favorite line. So like. I don't want to shit on it and be like, no, this is a dog shit movie. Like, don't ever watch this. But like, just be aware that if you like all the elements that I said before, that doesn't exactly mean this movie is going to be for you. You you might just wind up very much disliking the movie. Yeah, possibly. Say some positive things. So that way this entire review isn't dominated by one man being an ass. It's flashy fun. It's uh, a bunch of, you know, a cast of zany characters all out to kill each other. Um, And if you're into that, you'll probably be into this. Uh, Much like the bullet train itself, it's uh, relentlessly paced and just, you know, pushes on towards its inevitable conclusion, uh, despite your best efforts to just calmly walk away. And that's my review. That's a good review. I I took one uh, 100 level college course on literary analysis, and now I'm an expert. I took a, what was my film studies? I took a film studies class. I was like, ah, cool. I can just watch movies. Awesome. (laughs) You know, the same same reason everyone takes a movie studies class is so they, they can watch fucking movies and talk about them. Oh, uh, the other thing that I love very much about this movie is the soundtrack, uh, because they'll just Mm. do like popular songs, but the Japanese versions of them because they're on a Japanese bullet train. Uh, So there's Japanese language versions of uh, holding out for a hero or I need a hero or whatever the fuck that song's called uh, and staying alive. And uh, they're both great. It brings me a lot of joy whenever they happen in the film yeah that's that's actually i forgot about those but yeah those are those are great parts 
where I'm just singing along with the the American like English version, and they're just like, "Nope, we say different things than you." <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is where. So we didn't talk about it either, but like Brad Pitt's character, his name is Ladybug, which like uh, mm-hmm. his handler for like this agency uh, nicknames him Ladybug because like it's supposed to be lucky because his whole deal is he has like legendary bad luck uh, and like awful shit just happens to him that's outside yep. of his control. I don't know. And they, they kind of get more into that, too, with like the one character who's like the wise old Japanese man. Uh, who's like, yep. oh, like in Japanese, you know, folklore, the ladybug seven spots hold the seven uh, evils of the world or whatever. So like you hold all the bad luck for everybody else, which is which is interesting, but not the point that I'm trying to make. Uh, so there's a part where ladybug has to fight Tangerine, uh, who is, you know, one of the two assassin boys. Mm-hmm. Uh but like while they're fighting, the like drink cart lady on the train comes in and he, yeah. <laughs> he makes him buy like he he gets a sparkling water. And he's like, oh, you know what? I gave that one guy my, all my money. So he makes the guy that he's fighting buy them this drink. Uh, and then he like takes a couple sips and then like whips it at his head. <laughs> nah, it's great. That, that's where I laughed out loud is when he whips it at his head. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, just like funny interactions like that. So if you're into that kind of like slapstick infused action stuff, you'll, you'll probably be into this. Mm. Michael Shannon is the Russian guy is fantastic. Yeah. The white death. Joey, Joey King is interesting. She has an interesting role in the movie. It might rub people the wrong way, but I think it's actually like a decent turn on how you do that character. Yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed her. Yeah, uh, it, like it worked. It worked in some scenes, and then it wor- did not work in other scenes. So, like, fine. Like when like nine different guys come in, and she's like trying to like balance all of her lies against each other. Like that, I thought that was kind of funny. But yeah. it was also like oh, this is just this is getting too much now. Like we're, we're we're we've made the joke, and now we're making it again. And we're not making it more until it comes back around to being funny again. It's stopped being funny and you've stopped it. It's not being funny. Yeah. And that's why, like, I can see you not liking this because it's like this, this movie will beat a joke into the ground. Like, uh, Lemon constantly referencing Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. Which was fine. Like when it, whenever, you know, we find out who the diesel is, we're like, okay, cool. Like we get, we understand this. And I feel like they felt like they had to over explain that. So that way you all, like everybody who is of the age group for this movie, who hasn't seen Tom's the tank engine in X number of years, knows what the fuck they're talking about when they refer to somebody as a diesel. I don't think I've ever watched Aside from when I reviewed it as though I were a communist, I don't think I've ever watched Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> all time, all time fucking moment on the show. <laughs> differently is wrong. Uh, I'm such a Gordon. All right. Uh, anything else about Bullet Train? Nah, I had fun. I'm happy for you. I'm happy you had fun. 
and I'm not going to say I had a miserable time. Like it was enjoyable enough, but it's just like, I was never like smiling or fist pumping or, you know, the normal shit when, whenever you kind of expect like these action comedies, like I wasn't, I never felt engaged. And yeah. So fuck you, David Leitch. You made Hobbs and Shaw and I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's about family you don't understand oh no I understand perfectly let's let's conveniently have the villain uh, get away for no fucking reason after we have him dead to rights uh, just so we can have a third act in Samoa well he is a black superman <sighs> I'm so mad all right, uh, next week on the... Actually, do you want to rate this? Yeah, sure. Uh, so what would you what give you it? Doing? Uh, I, I would give it a four. Yeah, quite high. I enjoyed it a lot. It's a romp. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give it a two. All right, average rating of three. <laughs> uh uh yeah okay uh what a disparity uh not often you get disparities like that on this show yeah sometimes we hate each other all right uh next week on the show we'll be reviewing uh something caleb's very much looking forward to guillermo del toro's pinocchio yeah maybe it'll be good maybe i'll be into it i just don't have much of an interest generally in the Pinocchio story. It's not that I hate this movie's existence. Not yet, at least. We'll wait till you see it and then see if you hate the existence of the movie. Yeah, let's find out. And then on the back of that, we'll be talking about a patron requested review from Paul for The Mist. Yeah. Arguably the most well-known downer endings in a movie ever yeah um you've seen it before i assume no i just know all about this fucking ending interesting uh i saw it in the movie film theater oh god why would uh, you do that along with uh an ex-girlfriend and her roommate who was very much into stephen king and she had strong feelings about the ending because in the in the novella, like, I guess they're driving along and the car just runs out of gas and then it ends. It's not a good ending for a movie. But Stephen King's bad at ending things. Yeah, sure. That's why he had four boys run a train on a redhead, redheaded girl in the sewer. No, that was so they could be grown up so they could defeat the clown. I, I know what the whole point of that was. <laughs> But also, I'm it just was, saying, you know, uh, cocaine mania. Yeah, that's a because that's, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, back in the eighties, uh, Stephen King was a cocaine bear. <laughs> that's the movie. If that movie fucking plays in theaters, I'm gonna fucking burn down every theater within a tri-state area of me. FBI, I'm kidding. I'm not going to actually do this. He has to say that because of our lawyer. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I'm aware of the mist. Uh, I'm also aware <laughs> that there's a very religious nut job woman in the supermarket that they're in. Mm-hmm. 
and I can't wait to watch her get murdered. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll see that next week. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you ever played the games, but uh, The Mist was one of the inspirations for the game Half-Life. So thanks, oh. Stephen King. That's I. I never would have made that connection. Yeah, like the military base uh, portal to another dimension. Weird creatures start spilling out. Huh. I haven't played the original Half-Life. I've played two. So maybe that's why I'm not thinking that it would be. You know that. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's there's a lot of, you know, you have to kind of read into it too, because like Half Life is very good at, uh, telling you the story without telling you the story. I hope they bring ray tracing to Half Life and Half Life Two, because they br- they're bringing ray tracing to fucking Portal. They're, they're going to have a ray tracing patch for fucking portal. It's going to be fantastic. What's ray tracing? Uh, it's a new um, like development technique within gaming that allows for more hyper realistic lighting. Mm. Yeah, let me pull up portal with RTX and show you. All right, well, you can find the show at netflixandswill.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill, including uh, a store, including reviewing us, including being our friend. That got taken down. I thought we had another store. No. Oh. Uh, Well, we have no store. There is no store. There is no cake. There's more podcasts that we do. Some of them still post episodes. Also, go watch uh, Two Peas on a Podcast on YouTube for new movie reviews and trailer reacts. Mm-hmm. Don't say I'm not nice to you, Gerald. So they even took down the design for our cool review shirt. Mm-hmm. It's horseshit. Fuck you, Netflix. Yep. Yep. I'm a Hulu Fuck. man now. Hulu and heroin only. Well, uh, until next week where we OD on heroin, this is Dan Sam. We'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.